Hi, Glenridge. Great to be with you in your homes once again. And on this Sunday, on this Easter Sunday, what an what a incredible moment for us to be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus in the midst of this pandemic that we're in, in the midst of a two-week longer lockdown. Friends, this is this this the timing of this moment for us should be giving us such hope and such profound uh, expectation for what God wants to do in this moment. Leslie Newbegin, he was a missionary to, to India, and when he came back to the UK, he was asked this. He was asked, are you optimistic or pessimistic about the gospel in India? And he quoted this very famously, and I want to quote it to us again today. He said this, I'm neither an optimist nor a pessimist. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. I'm neither an optimist nor a pessimist. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Friends, no matter what we believe, whether we believe things are going to get worse or whether we believe that things are going to get better, no matter what our disposition is, the reality, the fact of the matter is, is that Jesus is risen from the dead. And because Jesus is risen from the dead, everything is changed. 2,000 years ago, when he rose from the dead, everything changed. We keep saying how this pandemic has changed life forever, how things are never going to be the same again. I want to tell you, say to you, friends, I want to encourage you this morning or today, I want to encourage you to say this, is that Jesus has risen from the dead. Nothing has ever been the same since Jesus has risen from the dead. And things continue to not be the same going forward because Jesus has risen from the dead. I don't know about you, but last night when I was watching the president's announcement, uh, I was kind of expecting at least an extra week. And I was kind of geared up for an extra week. He was going to announce an extra week. And when he said we're going to be increasing the lockdown period by two weeks, I've got to say something inside of me winced. It was like, yeah, that is hectic. That is big. That is huge. That is big for, this, for our economy. That is big for our future. That is, mass, that is huge. That was a massively huge decision that the, pregnant, the president and his, and his cabinet and his, his team made. And you could see the president making that with a heavy heart last night. And my prayers go out there for him. We've got to be praying for our president and his advisory team at this time. Because friends, that was a massive call. And he made a big call. And I believe he made a good call for the sake of the people. Trusting that actually our economy will recover and things are going to be okay as things go forward. Friends, but I winced last night. I winced. It was like a deep sense of, yo, that was big. This morning, I was thinking, God, what, 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 do, we, what do we preach on? What, what is Easter? What is Resurrection Sunday? What do we preach on in the midst of a lockdown that's been extended for two weeks? Um, just a massive, a massive implication socially, economically, for people just across the board. What do we preach? And I felt God say, there was a lockdown in the Bible. Go and have a look and see what I did then. And friends, I want to I want to take you to John chapter 20 today. John chapter 20, verse 19 to verse 29. I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to pull out three things 
that the resurrected Jesus did in this lockdown of his disciples at that moment. Let's have a look at, res at John chapter 20, verse 19 to 29. This is what it says in the NIV. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, on the first day of the week, that was Sunday, we start to see through this text how Sunday emerges, uh, resurrection day, the first day of the week, the first day of new creation became the day that the Christians celebrated the, 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 the death, the burial, uh, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was that Sunday. In fact, they used to, it seems like they used to meet in the evening because they used to work in the morning. And so they used to meet in the evening and celebrate this, this resurrection of Jesus. So on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked, look at where I'm going here, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. This group of people, these disciples, had seen Jesus die, and they were locked away because they believed that the Jews, that the, the, they were going to come after them, the, 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 the Pharisees and the, the religious people of the day were going to come after them, and they were going to kill them as well. And so they locked themselves for fear, in fear, in this room. But listen to what happens. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Remember, the doors are locked. Jesus comes and stands among them and says, peace be with you. And if you have a look in your Bible, there's an exclamation mark there. It's not a, a soft peace be with you. It's a peace be with you exclamation mark. He exclaims, he declares, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. There we go. It's Sunday night again. A week later, Sunday night. It's like a mini series. You don't want to miss Sunday nights in, with Jesus. A week later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them this time. The doors were locked again. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Three times, friends, he declares, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord, my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me and have believed, blessed are those who have not seen 
and yet have believed. What an amazing text of a group of people in a locked up room, fearfully locked up on a Sunday night. Friends, we are in a place right now where we are locked down. But when the resurrected Jesus appears to us, things open up. Even though we're locked down, resurrection, the difference is where the resurrected Jesus comes in amongst us, things open up. And I want to encourage you about how God, about how Jesus opens up this group of people into what, God, what he has for them. And they become this group of people that change the world going forward. The first thing I want to say to you about this text is this. Is the resurrected Jesus, when he appears, when we see the resurrected Jesus, today is Resurrection Sunday. Friday he died, was buried. Today he rose again. And then he appeared to these, these men that were scared, that were fearful, and locked themselves away in a room. And the, when the resurrected Jesus appears, what he does is he turns fear into joy. He turns fear into joy. The disciples were locked up, fearful. And, and when it says, friends, it, it, they were locked in. It's like they were, their bolts were in. The padlocks were on. They, they were, they were, they, they, nobody was getting in there. And the reason why they were locked up is because they didn't want to get hurt. Friends, the reason why we're locked up is because we don't want to get infected. And we don't want to infect others around us. It's quite a similar situation. Thankfully, however, friends, Jesus is greater than shut and locked doors. And what he does, Jesus is greater than isolation. Jesus, Jesus is greater than quarantine. And what happens is Jesus miraculously appears in the room. And the way it speaks there, it says, and Jesus stood among them. The wording of that implies is that Jesus was already there. Before they became, before they were, before he was visible to the disciples, and I want to encourage you, as we're in lockdown at this time, the resurrected Jesus is in your home. The resurrected Jesus is with you, even though you can't see him. And I trust that in this moment, Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, will become visible to us. That the revelation of a resurrected Jesus will become real to us. Friends, Jesus is greater than isolation. Jesus is greater than quarantine. He can appear to us in our isolation. He can appear to us in our quarantine. He can appear to us in our homes. He can appear to us in all the lockedness of our lives. Because he's greater than locked doors and shut windows. He is greater than all of those things. Jesus can miraculously appear. The resurrected Jesus is not limited by locked doors. No lockdown situation, friends, can stop us meeting the resurrected Jesus. And friends, when I winced last night, when I thought, man, what is this? This is big. The antidote to that, to that moment is actually seeing the resurrected Jesus. Where fear comes off and joy replaces it. But listen, let's have a look what he does there. Isn't it incredible that the resurrected Jesus wants to be with his people? He could have been anywhere else. 
He is the resurrected Jesus. He had a body that could move through material walls and doors. He, he wasn't limited by any kind of barrier. If he wants to get to you, he can get to you. And, he want, and you think about this, but he appears to them. Man, Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, wants to be with his people. He wants to be in your home. And when he gets there, this is what he declares. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. It's an assurance that there's no cause to fear. It's an assurance that things are going to be okay. He comes into our homes. The resurrected Jesus appears in that, in that room and says, peace be with you. The resurrected Jesus brings peace wherever he goes. I love what that, the, 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 the phrasing of that, peace be with you. And the reason why peace can be with them is because actually what Jesus wanted to do was be with them himself, in his person. So when his person is with you, peace is a person. And when that person is present and when that person, when you're aware of that person and the presence of that person, peace floods our hearts and floods our homes. And so what he does, he gives them peace by being with them. And that's why they he shows them his hands and he shows them their side to show that this is really Jesus. And when they realize this is Jesus, it says they are overjoyed. It says they are overjoyed. Friends, when the resurrected Jesus appears in our lockdown, he speaks peace into our hearts and speaks peace into our businesses and peace into our homes and peace into our nation, and peace into our context, and peace into our lives, friends. And that peace looks like our sins that are forgiven in this moment. It looks like the slavery to sin that is broken, peace. It looks like taking on my fears and my cares, peace. It looks like my life is settled for eternity with Him, peace. It looks like we're going to get through this, peace. It looks like Jesus is with us, Peace. And he speaks peace. And the next thing it says, it says, and they were overjoyed. You see, friends, their fear turns to joy when they see the resurrected Jesus. And I believe our fear can turn into joy as we see the resurrected Jesus. Before joy can come, friends, we need the person of the resurrected Jesus and the peace of the resurrected Jesus. When we have the person of God in the Holy Spirit and we have the peace of God in, in, in His person, what it equates to, friends, is an incredible, unbreakable, unstoppable, unexpressible joy that comes into our lives. Draw on in this moment, draw on the settled peace of God at this time. So that's the first thing that we see, that the resurrection Jesus comes. He comes, he breaks in, and he turns their fear to joy. The second thing that the resurrected Jesus does in that moment, in that room, is that the resurrected Jesus commissions them with power and authority. Friends, I, we need to start realizing this, is that in the midst of COVID, in the midst of a pandemic, the commissioning hand of God is not lifted off of his church. We've got to be thinking outward. We've got to be thinking beyond ourselves. We've got to be thinking about the world that God, that needs a Jesus, that needs the person of Jesus. And what he does is he comes into this moment 
And he says these words, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And guess what? Before he says that, you know what he says? He says, peace be with you. He declares again, peace be with you. You see, before God's commissioning can come on our lives, we've got to have the person and the presence and the peace of God over our lives and in our lives. And when the presence of God comes and when the peace of God comes, we hear these words from the Father. Go as, as the Father has sent me, as, Jesus, as the Father sends his Son, so he sends his people, so he sends his church. The disciples, friends, are sent by the resurrected Jesus. The re when the resurrected Jesus appears, he's ascending Jesus. The disciples are orientated outside of their fear, outside of their, their, the locked room, into a world that needs the love and the peace of this Jesus. And what happens is, how did Jesus come? Well, the, he, 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 he came in the flesh. He came, he incarnated himself. He, he was the word become flesh. Think at this moment, friends, of all the essential staff that is working and fighting this COVID pandemic. Think of that, friends. And think of the, the peace that is required there. And think of the incarnational work that they are doing now in policing and in, in bringing medical attention and and bringing food and, and putting their own lives at risk. This is what it means to live an incarnational life. And this is what the church is called to live in an incarnational way. And an incarnational way says this, it's sacrificial. So when he commissions us, we've got to know this, it's a sacrificial love. We've got to know it's a generous love. This is the way he came. This is the way he, he imbued. This is the way he lived this life out. It's inconvenient and it's uncomfortable at times. But friends, it's unbelievably joyful, it's unbelievably rewarding, and it's unbelievably beautiful when we follow Jesus and live out this incarnational life and we respond to his sending and his commissioning as we see and as we behold this resurrected Jesus. Isn't it incredible, this resurrected Jesus, he, he says, as the Father sends, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. This is what Jesus says to them. And then he says, then he, he says he breathes on them. He breathes on them. And there's two reasons why I believe he breathed on them. One was to bring new life. Some say, some theologians will argue that this is when the disciples were saved. This is when they, were, they came into the kingdom. This is when the new birth came. And this breathing imitates the breathing that, was, that happened when God breathed life into Adam's, Adam's nostrils and into his heart. And, became, and Adam became a living being. God breathed. And in this moment, we become this recreated new creation under God. And he breathes on them. And we've got to remember as the church, we are those people. And we call to bring this recreational, new creation life to all of those around us by the Spirit of God. But he also breathes on them so that they have the ability to carry out their mission. They received the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus. The same Holy Spirit that empowered and enabled His words and His works was now in them. Friends, and I want to say to us in this moment, in the midst of this lockdown, the power, the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus, the same Holy Spirit that empowered His words and His works is in us. And when we see the resurrected Jesus in lockdown, that commissions us 
and that takes us outward and takes us looking beyond ourselves, our families, and all that's around us. It enables us to get generous so that those that don't have can have. It enables us to put our own lives at risk like the medical people do and the, and the, and the police people do. And it's, it's, they, it's beyond us and they live beyond us, not just because it's a job, but because it's a commissioning under God to do what Jesus would have done. His very own spirit was imparted to them. The resurrected Jesus breathes on them and says, Go, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And he breathes on them. And then he says these, these very strange words, which sometimes brings a little bit of confusion. He says this. He says, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit in verse 23. He says, if you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And what that means, friends, is that you see, you see in this moment, the resurrected Jesus commissions with power and authority his disciples for the work at hand. He sends them. He breathes on them, bringing new life and empowering them. But he, and he gives them authority to minister. Friends, you have authority to minister at this time, whether it's with a text message, whether it's with a video call, whether it's with a Zoom call, whether it's with a, a voice message. At this time, we have an ability to minister to the people. And God's forgiveness is available through the gospel proclamation. We don't create forgiveness, as that text might suggest, might kind of at first reading, at first glance may suggest. We don't create forgiveness, we announce it in the gospel. Actually, God has given us the ability and given us the authority to minister at this time. When we see the resurrected Jesus, we become ministers of God. As the Father has sent Jesus, Jesus sends us. Isn't that incredible? The third and last thing, that when the resurrected Jesus comes into the room, and this, is, this, this we take from, from the life of Thomas. This has been intriguing to me. And I think this is intriguing to all of us, and I think it's applicable to all of us, because I think all of us at some level in some place are, in, are like a Thomas. Thomas was not there originally when, when Jesus first appeared. But he was there the second time on the second Sunday night. Thomas was there. And, and in between, the disciples, the rest of the disciples came to Thomas and said, Hey, we've seen Jesus. He's alive. And he says, Hey, listen, don't talk to me about that unless I can touch his finger, unless I can touch the, the holes in his hands, unless I can put my hand in, the, in his side. I will not believe. I don't believe. Incredible. I will not believe, he says. He declares it. I will not believe that. The second Sunday night comes along, and again, there's a locked door. Friends, I, I want to say to you, no matter where you're at, Jesus can reach you. No matter where you're at, Jesus is there for you. He can reach you wherever you are. No matter how far gone you think you are, Jesus can reach you. His arm is not too short to save. His hand is not too, too short to, to heal. Jesus can reach you. Anyway, they, they now the second, the, the, the doors are locked and Jesus appears among them again. And guess what he says? Peace be with you. Peace be with you. In locked doors, friends, I want to say to you, peace be with you. I want Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. I want that to reverberate in our, in our minds and hearts with the resurrected Jesus declaring, peace be with you. 
people of Glenridge, people of South Africa, people of Durban. I find it phenomenal with, with, this, with, with, the, with this Thomas dude. Because Jesus knew about his doubt and unbelief that was in his heart. Jesus knew the words that Thomas had spoken. I will not, I, I'm not going to believe unless I touch this, the, the holes in his hands and, and I touch his side. Jesus knew that. But yet Jesus appears in that room and he speaks to Thomas. And guess what he says to Thomas? Thomas, come here, my man. Touch my hands and touch my side. You see, friends, what this teaches us is that Jesus knows about our doubts and about our fears. And he knows about our unbelief. But yet he still gets in amongst us and ministers to us and speaks to us. Yet in his mercy and kindness, Jesus gave Thomas exactly what he asked for. He didn't condemn him. He didn't condemn his doubt. In fact, what he does is he reveals himself and he does a remarkable act. He appears to him and he speaks to him and says, Thomas, touch me. Touch me and see. I am real. I am alive. He acts to speak into our doubt and our unbelief. And friends, if you're in a moment like this and we're in lockdown and you've got doubts and you're thinking, God, but is this true? And where are you? And how does this work out? And there's unbelief and there's doubt. And, the, and, and we're a little bit like Thomas, unless, unless God does this, or unless God clears COVID, or unless God does this, unless God restores this, actually, I don't, I'm not going to believe. I want to say to you, friends, that Jesus will appear in the midst of your locked doors, in the lockness of our hearts, in the lockness of our minds. The, the, the resurrected Jesus will appear to us, and he will speak to us, and he will say, touch my hands, and touch my, touch my side. He will invite you to to touch the very essence of who he is so that you will believe that he is who he is. And what's amazing is that Thomas, he, the theologians and, and commentators don't disagree whether Thomas did actually touch him or not, or, or did he or didn't he, or even though Jesus invited him. But it gets to this place when Jesus, and it, it must be like kind of touch me, Thomas, touch my hands and touch... And, and, and Thomas realizes whether he actually does touch. In fact, I think he did touch. And I think, I think Jesus would have taken his hand and he would have guided his hand into his side and said, there, my boy, touch me, touch me. I am real. And I believe at this time, Jesus takes our hand, takes our fingers and puts them in, his, in his, the holes of his hands. And he says, there, my boy, there, my girl, I am real. Touch my side. There I am. This is the gracious kindness of Jesus that we believe in. Isn't this incredible, friends? If you're doubting, God knows your doubt. If you're in unbelief, God knows your unbelief. And in the midst of your lockdown and in the midst of your home, God will appear to you and can speak to you and make himself real to you. Be available. Be there. Be available for God to speak to you. Two important things about the gospel that we can learn from Thomas as we end. One, when you want assurance, when you want assurance of, who, of the resurrected Jesus, look at his wounds. Look at his wounds. 
It's amazing that Thomas looks at his wounds. The, the identifying mark is his wounds. And the reason why we, when we gaze at his wounds, when we see the holes in his hands and we see the hole in his, in his, in his side, the reason why that is important and the reason why that gives us assurance is because those very wounds, wounds are, are a revelation of his suffering, are a revelation and an evidence of his love. It's an evidence and a, of his sacrifice. It's an evidence of his victory because those wounds, although they should have killed him, they didn't. They actually, he defeated death and he came through death. And those wounds, friends, represent a victory. Those wounds represent a resurrected Jesus that stands before you. And if you're discouraged over this time now and two weeks and your business is, 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 is under massive threat, uh, just across the all sorts, just your health, you're worried, Friends, I want you to, I'd love us at this time to gaze at the wounds of Jesus and allow the wounds of Jesus and all that they represent to minister to us. The second other important thing about the gospel that we learn from Thomas is what counted was his belief in the resurrected Jesus, not in the journey with Jesus prior to that moment. It wasn't Jesus's teaching and the belief in his teaching and his good teaching that saved Thomas, that got Thomas. It wasn't the miracles that got Thomas. It was a revelation of the resurrected Jesus that saved Thomas and took him from, I don't believe, to my Lord and my God. Calling a man, my Lord and my God. Realizing that this man, this resurrected Jesus, was God incarnate, come to save the world. My Lord and my God. Two important gospel truths. When we're in doubt, gaze at, the, gaze at the wounds of Jesus and let them minister to us. And secondly, make sure that we focus on the resurrected Jesus and all that he is and all that he has and all that he brings and all that he represented and let it minister to us in power. Friends, my prayer for us this Sunday, this Easter Sunday, is that the resurrected Jesus, a revelation of the resurrected Jesus would come upon us as a community and our fear would turn into joy. My prayer for us over this, over this Easter Sunday is that the resurrected Jesus will appear for, to us and he will commission us and he will empower us in the midst of a locked room, in the midst of a locked, of lockdown to be ministers of the gospel, to act and to serve beyond ourselves for the sake of the world. My prayer for us at this time, friends, is that the resurrected Jesus, and I want to declare this over you, the resurrected Jesus is bigger than your doubt. The resurrected Jesus is bigger than your unbelief. The big, resurrected Jesus is bigger than this moment. The resurrected Jesus is bigger than COVID-19. The resurrected Jesus will take us through this and bring us into victory because this resurrected Jesus, the very fact that he's resurrected means that there's victory over sin and there's victory over disease and there's victory over death. And there's victory over all that we're facing at the moment. That is my prayer for us. Fear to joy. Commissioned and empowered. And the resurrected Jesus will overcome our doubt and unbelief. And put joy and life into us. Remember what Leslie Newbegin said. I'm not an optimist nor a pessimist. I believe in the resurrection of Jesus. Bless you. Have an amazing day.